Welcome to the Ginger London Ministry Show here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm so excited that you're able to join us on tonight. We have a very special show and a very special guest uh, joining me on tonight. As you know, we're doing um, a series this month, the month of March, um, in celebration of National Women's History Month. And so we uh, decided to select some uh, ladies or open it up um, uh, the show up uh, to, for ladies to be interviewed who are authors, whether they're in ministry, uh, uh, women in clergy, uh, entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms, singles doing business, whatever the category is, we have opened the uh, doors of opportunity for them to come on and talk about what it is that they do, talk about their products, talk about uh, any books that they've written, any um, services that they have going on that they are uh, providing for uh, the community at large, whatever it may be. And so we've had several good ones, and tonight I'm expecting a great show on tonight as well. We have a very special guest um, with us on tonight, and it is Kenyon P. Smith, and she is the author of the series called Growing Pains. And I'm excited. I've read the first chapter, and I love that, that first the first chapter, so I know the book is outstanding. And so... Um, we're going to open up with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get right into it. Bring her on. I want you to meet her. She's going to talk um, a little bit about herself. She's going to give her testimony, um, a little bit about her history, and um, how she got to the place where she is now, an uh, aspiring author that we should look for many more, many more great books from. If it, if it be anything like the first chapter that I've read in the one that she has out now, and she also has, she's also an entrepreneur. And so we'll tell a little bit, tell you a little bit more about her in just a, a minute. And so uh, if you know someone who has a desire to write a book, uh, who is working on a book and may have gotten writer's block or got stuck in some capacity, call them, give them the number to call in or email them the link so they can listen by Internet. But you don't want to miss this interview here tonight. Here's someone on the show tonight that can really help you uh, in this area as she uh, as God progresses her to move forward in what she has been assigned to do. And so let's open up with the word of prayer, and then we're going to get um, – right into it. Father, we thank you on this evening. We bless your name, O oh God. We honor you. And Father, I'm so humbled and grateful um, for this opportunity to go into the airways, Lord God, globally um, as well as locally. And I thank you for that. And Father, I lift up uh, Kenyon to you on tonight. I pray, Father God, that through this interview, that Father, that windows, the windows of heaven will open up and that she will have blessings poured out on her life beyond her belief. I pray that doors of opportunity will open. I pray that the book 
will go forward and people will purchase a copy through her website or whatever means, whatever means that she gives us on tonight. I thank you for it. I pray that every word that comes off of our tongues, tongues on tonight will be assigned and dedicated to what you have purpose for this evening. Father, I uh, decrease as the Holy Spirit increases. I thank you for the teaching that's going to go forth on tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 And so to, again tonight we have a very special guest, and um, and she is the author of Growing Pains. And I tell you, if you are a parent with uh, some teenagers or young people in your home, especially young girls, you definitely want to get your hands on this first copy uh, or first part of the series of Growing Pains. I just when I read the first chapter, I could I could really see myself when I was a young young girl. You know some of the things that was being dealt with. Uh, in the first chapter that I read. And so it is the first book of a series, um, and the first book is called Growing Pains, Kendra's Diaries. And so um, I'm going to bring her on, and she's going to give you a little bit about her background and where she's from and what's going on with her, and um, and we're going to get right into this interview. So, uh, Kenyon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Minister London, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Wonderful, wonderful. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am born and raised in New Orleans. That's where I currently reside. I have Mm -hmm. two sons. In my lifetime, I've also lived in Chicago and Atlanta. By day, I am a workers' compensation adjuster, and all the other time, I'm an aspiring author and publisher. Okay, all right. Um, And so... Um, tell us a, a little bit about your journey, like um, how you got to the place of becoming an author. I know I read in your bio that you always uh, love to read and all that, but what was your journey like um, becoming an author? Growing up, my parents didn't have a lot of money, so um, we didn't we didn't we didn't really go on vacations. I can't even really remember one family vacation where we all went. Um, so what? One of my favorite pastimes were books. You know, that's what I did. I wasn't an outside person. I, I live in New Orleans, but don't like the heat. Go figure. But uh-huh. I like to just stay inside. So I used to read a lot. I read a lot, a lot, a lot. I read Judy Bloom, Sweet Valley High, um, Mary Lou Higgins Clark. I just read a lot, and I always said I wanted, you know, to write a book. I love a good story. I love the way an author can bringing a story and how you can identify. And then, you know, I would spend so many nights, so many nights trying to stay up just to finish a book, just when I would get hooked. And I always just wanted, you know, to write a story. And as I got older and I had some, you know, personal situations, some things to, you know, come up in my life, you know, I just made the decision that, you know, life was short and it was just time for me to do it. But I just didn't want to just write a book for the sake of writing a book. And I wanted to entertain because, of course, you know, that's part of it. But I really wanted to to minister or to just reach back to the youth, especially young girls, nothing wrong with boys. I have two sons that I love very much. I don't have any daughters, but just kind of reach back. And a lot of times we think, I know I thought about it with my parents, and, of course, my sons probably think about it with me that, you know, our parents or the adults don't understand. But Mm -hmm. just to show that we do understand. We didn't have Facebook and Twitter, but issues are timeless. It's just issues or just situations or how you handle something. I just wanted to not only entertain, but just to do it in a way of speaking to them, but doing it in a way that doesn't seem like 
you know, um, we're just telling them what to do. Do it in more entertainment form. And that's how I formulated to do at least one book. But when I got into one book, the first book, I realized I couldn't do it all in one. Mm-hmm. And so that's when the idea of the series came, that I wanted to do it in series and then actually would have my reader to follow along with me and to grow up with me. Now, one thing I didn't anticipate that was a really great surprise is a lot of my older readers, such as myself, I say it's for the young and the young at heart. I'm definitely the young at heart. I'm not too much young anymore. But it was good for them because they got a chance to remember what it was like. And maybe even some issues that even for me writing it, some of the issues that maybe I thought I had passed through, but there were still some things to push through. And it really brought me back to some places. So that's kind of where the journey started. And mm-hmm. from there, just like with anything else, any any vision, you take one step, God takes ten, and it's just been moving, and it continues to move. So I'm excited. I really am. Yeah, I'm excited for you. When I read the first chapter, I, you know, I really could take that journey back to that to, to that time period that um, uh, the the girl is in in the in the first chapter. So, how did the title of your series, Growing Pain, where did that come from? When I was, I just, you know, with anything, I'm just like, what is going to be the title? Because, of course, that's something that you want it to be catchy. You want Mm -hmm. it to be something that's going to, you know, pique the reader's interest. And I remember the show, and I just felt that that was just, for me, what it was. Growing up, a lot of times, was painful. And I thought that that was something that, if a reader sees that, that that would catch them. But through the story and through the journey, of course, it's not so much just the pain, but what happens when you work through the pain or what's on the other side of the pain. But I thought that title would at least draw readers in. And so that's why I went with that one. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Um, So while you were writing, did you you come across some of your own, um, say, some old hurts? Did some old hurts come up or some old experiences that you had during that Um, age period? Most definitely. I journaled a lot. That was another pastime that I had growing up. I journaled a lot, and I read. Because of Hurricane Katrina, because I always, like I said, I always said I wanted to write a book. So I kept journals because that was going to be my blueprint. That's what I was going to use. Um, I was involved in Hurricane Katrina, so all my journals were gone. So I literally had to take myself and just sit and bring myself back to those places and bring myself back to those times. Because what I wanted to come across, I wanted to be authentic. I wanted mm-hmm. the reader to feel, you know, I didn't want to be phony, especially when you're dealing with the youth because, you know, one thing about, I guess as we get older, we become a little bit more, um, if you want to say politically correct, but the youth yeah. just give it to you like it is. You know, they're just, you know, you got to come to them straight. They, they don't do the phony. They're not, they're not old enough yet to know how to deal with that. So I just wanted to be authentic and real so that my reader would be able to, that I'm not just telling you a story, but I wanted you to feel and know that I can understand, you know, where I was coming from telling the story. So I really had to go back and go back and how I was at 11 and 12 and how mm-hmm. I felt when my parents were arguing or how I felt when I went to a Catholic school when it was jeans day and, you know, everybody else was able to wear new jeans and I wasn't or if I had to borrow my girlfriend's jeans or how it felt, you know, trying out for chili or how it felt, uh, you know, with my peers. And, you know, just situations really to bring myself back so I could tell the story and tell it where it hopefully sounds like it's coming from a 12-year-old and not a 40-year-old. Okay. That's what I, I really wanted to do. Okay. Well, I can tell you, when I read the first chapter, and I got to that part about the cheerleader child thing, I, I could I could reflect back, you know, 
uh, with that, I started seeing myself. You know, I can remember when I, I think it was junior high school, the same thing, you know, and practice, 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 and don't laugh. But, you know, I got up to do the cheer, the, the trial cheer, and I had practice on a cheer from another school with a mm-hmm. different color and everything. And when I got up, when it was my turn to try out, I was so nervous, I did the cheer from the other school. You know, so <laughs> I cheered. I mean, they were looking at me like, what is she like, talking what about? What is she doing? Yeah, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was asked, the words came out. I call myself trying to remember, you know, our school colors and all that stuff, but the words came out with the school colors of the, the other school from the cheer, the, the cheer that I was practicing with. And I was like, I could just look at them and see what you got to keep going. You know, you can't really stop. So yes. I was like, and so they asked me, what do you mean orange? Because that was their, the other school's colors. I was like, well, you know, but I never told anybody. It's like, that's what I practiced. So that's the only cheer I knew. So I got up I, and I. <laughs> you did what you knew. Yeah, I do it, but I knew that feeling, you know. I didn't, I didn't fall like she did, but I knew that feeling because it was like they're all looking at me like, what, you know. So I just went through with it. I knew I wasn't going to get selected after that, but I just had to. In my mind, it's like I just had to keep, keep doing it. So I, well, I you tell- did better than I did because I didn't even make it to tryouts. What I did was I did the practice, but I have always struggled, you know, with my weight. And, you know, I just got, you know, I allowed myself to get hooked into that. Well, you know, I'm not thin enough, I'm not skinny enough, and look at all of the girls. And I didn't, I actually did the practice, but I didn't go to tryouts. And that's something, I know we don't live in regrets, but if there's ever something that I could, one of the things I could take back, I wish, like you, I would have just pushed through it. Because a lot of times, it's not always in if we get the result. A lot of it is just in, you know, the process. And I just wish, you know, I would have at least, you know, stayed the course and did it. Exactly. So that's one of those things that, you know, I wanted to put in the book Mm -hmm. to deal with fear, but I also wanted, you know, the main character to push through it just to show the reader that you just have to push through it. You know, Joyce Meyer said this years ago. I heard it and, you know, just freed me. It's just, you know, and I have two sons and, you know, they'll be like, something's going on up there to do something in class. And they're like, Mommy, I'm going to be scared. And I was like, it's okay. Just do it. You know, fear is going to, I mean, we, we are human. But when God tells us not to fear, he means don't let it stop you. You're going to feel it. We have flesh and blood. But when you get up there and whatever you have to do, it's okay to be nervous, but just do it. Absolutely. Just don't worry about it. Just do it. Just do it. So how long just did it take it. you to write this, the first part of this first book of the series? It took me a total of four years, but for the first year, I wasn't working. My son was diagnosed with Crohn's when he was seven. I had to stop working, and we had some issues going on there, so... I did a lot of the work the first year when I wasn't working, and then it took me twice as long, you know, to do it three years later because I was working and, you know, I just didn't have the time, but a total of four years. But I did the most work in about a year. Oh, okay, okay. And so, um, again, tell us, uh, and I may be hoping I'm asking the same question twice, what is the focus of the Growing Pain series? I want... um, to show from adolescence, and I haven't decided. I think I'm going to probably go up until uh, Kendra, and that's the person's name, reaches college. And I want to deal, you know, with everything. Um, you know, their family issues, you know, as she gets older, their dating issues, um, issues with friends, issues with family. And I just want to entertain and inspire, you know, the youth that, you know, no matter what, I, my saying is, you know, you 
you stay positive, you keep it moving, and you never give up. And oh. and that's what I want to do. That's what okay. I want to do. All right. And so, um, so far from those who've bought your book already, what has been the feedback that you've gotten from those who've already read the first book? I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. Um, I'm not going to say that everybody loved it, but I've gotten some really good feedback. You know, and mm-hmm. I take all, like one lady gave me some really good. Um, she gave me a pretty good review, but when she gave me critiques, and I think. The negative constructive criticism is just as good as the positive because it gives me something to work toward. This is my first book. You know, it gives me a lot to work mm-hmm. toward, but most of it has just been positive. I have an activity booklet that goes with it, so I work wow. with groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I go, you know, talk to the groups, but it's been mainly just what I'm talking about, just giving from the parents a tool or something to just start a, a, a conversation. And i visited some, um, when I visited one group, the lady brought three, four books, and she was like, I want a book, and I'm going to have one for my two daughters because I want to read it with them, you know, and mm-hmm. I want to say, well, what would you do in this situation, or what would I would do in that situation? So I've gotten a lot of, you know, positive feedback, and I just love talking to the older people like me because we go back and we're, you know, it's good just time to sit back and just remember when. You know, I tell my children all the time, trust me, this is as good as it's going to get for you. You don't have any bills. Don't have any responsibilities? You just put on the TV. You don't have to worry about the bills paid. Enjoy, and just yeah. remember those carefree days. Enjoy. Absolutely. I think I, I remember when we talked earlier. You gave me um, some exciting news. I think you have there are a couple. There's like one or two reading groups that's reading the book. Yes, yes. And actually, I got an email today, and I just asked for you and everybody reading. There's a um. It's Prince George County, I think, and I send so many emails, and I'm sure like you, sometimes you just mm-hmm. don't remember, you know, who's who, but I think they're in Maryland, and actually on April 12th, they're going to be um, reviewing the book, or they've actually read the book, and somebody's given the recommendation for it to be chosen to be on the reading list for a whole county. So I am wow. really excited about that. That's April, yes. Yeah, so I'm just asking everybody to pray. I got the email, and you know how you're sitting on your hands, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Please, please, please. please. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. Uh, but I have um, two groups right now who are actually reading it. They have the activity booklet, you know, probably with your recommendation, get on and do, you know, the conference call. I went to speak to them. I went to Tallahassee in December, was it? Baton Rouge. I'm going to um, – a rally in Dallas in May. I think it's the first week in May. I don't have my calendar mm-hmm. in front of me. But just getting out there and talking, and I love talking to the youth. I mean, I love it because when you go there, I'm, I'm human. You know, you're kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you don't know what to expect. They don't know what to expect. I'm human. So, but like I said, you you're authentic, and they're sitting like back, and they have you know they have their legs crossed. Like, yeah, what is she gonna say? What is she talking about? But as you engage them. You know, yes. they're sitting up, and by the time you finish, you know, you're in real interaction, and that's what I, I love. Like I said, I don't have daughters, so that's my, that's what I love about it, just getting that, that opportunity to speak to that tween teenage, you know. And yes. a lot of the girls that are in those situations are probably dealing with some of the same situation I did, you know, not to be stereotypical, but they might be dealing with a lot of the same issues, maybe, you know, with the parents or, you know, maybe there might be a financial situation, maybe issues. And I just love, I just love the interaction. I love it. It just gets me going. I, I could talk all day about them. Well, yeah. You we know, know. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I'm no, just going to say, I just hope whenever I'm talking, I just ask God to, 
You know, just if it's one thing they remember, just let it be that one nugget. They're not going to remember everything, but if it's that one nugget that they could take, you know, with them. Absolutely. So when you're speaking to youth, um, what have been some of the recurring issues or challenges uh, that they are facing? You know, what what are the boys saying their their issues are, their challenges are, and then what are the girls saying or their issues? Of course, if you ask, I ask, I thought this was like I said, they're so authentic. I ask, one one of the parents was the moderator, and she was saying, well, what are some of, we're talking about school and how sometimes it's hard to stay focused on school. And, you know, she asked the young lady, well, what are some of the hindrances, you know, you find out she was just like, boys. And I just was like, wow. I mean, she was just like, I'm sitting in class, and I was like, wow. But, you know, just that was her hindrance, but mm-hmm. I just thought that was just so profound because I was like, she really just said that. That's why I said I just love them. They're just so authentic. I would have thought about trying to be, you know, I'm old. I would have been like, oh, but she just was like, boys, you talk to the boys, they say it's the girls. You talk about the girls, they say it's the boys. <laughs> That's always the first. I mean, really, it just is. And, you know, in the book, the character is in eighth grade, so she has to grow up, but I'm going to deal with the issue. I just think there's a way to deal with it. You know, my children, my sons are 9 and 11, and the questions that they're asking me blow me away because I'm like, are you serious? But I don't turn them away. I just try to find a way to deal with it in their age group, and we have to just speak to them about whatever the issues are and just find an appropriate way because I'm, we're not their parents, or even if you're other parents, an appropriate way you know, especially if you are a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. how it's going to be appropriate to deal with that. You know, so I, you always get the opposite sex. And like I say, I'm not their parent, so I tread, but I do try to at least, you know, answer their questions or answer their concerns. That's the first thing they always deal with. The second thing is a lot of self-esteem issues. Yes. And what I always share with them, and I know this is something I like to tell the males. I've never been a male, so I, I'm just speaking if it's not for you. <laughs> because I've never been a male, so I can only speak from a female perspective. But especially with the females I talk to, and I know this from being a younger girl and now older girl, I always tell them I think one of the main hindrances is comparison and competition. That, I think, is a main problem because we look outside and look towards someone else, and when we figure we don't we don't measure up in whatever that situation or area might be, then we tend to look down on ourselves. So I always tell anybody I'm talking to that, you know, God is so awesome. And, you know, we always hear that there, you know, 3 billion people have on earth. But think about how many people there were on earth before and how many people are yet to still be on earth if he de- as long as he delays his coming. Yes. That out of all those people, nobody is alike. Right. That you are a one individual. Somebody said this years ago and it stuck with me. Nobody can beat you being you, so just be you. Just, And I think that's the main thing, that it's the self-esteem issues that come from maybe comparison or maybe I'm not this and I'm that, but you're you. Be the best you that you can be. And that's what I just try to, you know, talk to them and instill in them. You know, just focus on you. You, you know, you don't have to be insecure. You don't have to compare. It doesn't matter what somebody else has on. It doesn't matter what tennis they have on, shoes, where they live, the cars, because they're internal. Because as long as we keep living and we believe God's got everything plus with the external, but we just got to make sure our internal is right. Because right. if the internal, the external, I mean, we've seen, you know, some people, you know, in our midst too, on the outside they had everything, but there was something internal. We've lost some great people. 
some great people with great talent. Yes. Because, you know, the internal wasn't right. So I, that's what I just try to talk to them about, getting that inside right. The outside will come, but that inside is what's going to take you where you need to go. That's right. You know, and I agree with that, and I think that if we find a way for them to get the internal right, that we, you know, I, I love the title of your series, Growing Pains. You know, um, I think if we get that internal right, we'll have those growing pains, but they won't be as horrific as some of them are experiencing now, you know, because you have to go through uh, some of the things that they're going through. you got to go through um uh, making, uh, learning how to make good choices and friendships, and you know, um, you have to go through the process of seeing yourself develop so you can appreciate who you are. Because you're not going to close your eyes and wake up and be a full-grown woman, you know, or a full-grown man. You're going to have to go through every stage of life, every part of that human development. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I may not, have, I may not have had acne, but my friend might have it when she's 12. You know, so you got to mm-hmm. go through. <laughs> Then I think if we teach kids how to how to develop that inner man and become strong in that inner man and know who they are and appreciate and say, hey, this is only for a season. You're seeing that acne right now, but it's going to clear up. You know, I think they can make it through that a, a little easier. Then they take everything so hard, you know, and really personal. Oh my God! Yes, yes. Really oh, personal. <laughs> and and if and if we don't watch that, they'll become adults, and then they'll still have, as you say, that internal Ooh. man won't be strong, and then we'll yes. still be dealing with teenage-minded grown folks. Amen. You know, we'll still be and having so that, women. Yeah, we'll have women looking in the mirror, not liking what they see, and it'll go all the way back to not liking themselves as little girls. You know, exactly. same thing with, with with the guys that are grow up to be men, but because their inner man wasn't developing strong, he'll look in the mirror, and no matter how handsome he is, how many muscles he has, how well built he is, he still will not like what he sees. Agreed. And, yeah, Agreed. and then we got double trouble. <laughs> double, double, double trouble. You know, because we can't. You know, we 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 can't go into any relationship, being a parent, being a spouse, you know, being a good employee or whatever it is. If we are broken, and I always say broken is different than just because none of us are imperfections because everybody's imperfect, but broken is is a different state. And I realized, you know, it took me probably to my early thirties to realize that you know I really had some things I needed to deal with. I really, and this was post marriage, post kids, you know, that there were some things that I needed to deal with because I was broken. It was me. It wasn't another person. It wasn't this. You know, like they said, you look around and you always the same one in the equation when maybe it's you and not the other people, that there were some things I just needed to get fixed. And not that I'm perfect, but definitely much better and moving toward, you know, just continuing my journey, but most definitely. Absolutely. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, if you are repeating a vicious cycle all the time, you've got to look at the common denominator. Yeah. You know, and the common denominator is going to be you (laughs) because... If we take Johnny out of the picture and Joe show up, Hello. And you got the same issue. Okay, well, okay, maybe you made another bad choice. But when we take Johnny and Joe out, right, and then put in Ken, and the same issue comes up. Okay, now yeah. we got to really deal with you because it, it's right. something. Not Keon. That's what I just said. Yeah. 
Yeah, we got to find out what that is, you know. And so I think, you know, in every stage of our lives, we have growing pains, regardless. We have growing pains. Mm -hmm. Even as as infants, as babies, there's growing pains. Because those little bodies go through some stuff, you know. And they be crying and trying to tell you, you know, they don't know how to do anything but cry, but they still have growing pains, you know. And then they come become toddlers and then they grow up. But every stage of development for us, we have growing pains. And even as adults, Mm-hmm. You and as adult women, we have growing pains. And that's why it's so important that every stage that we go through, that whatever God is doing in our lives, whatever workings that he's doing to perfect us, meaning to mature us in our lives, then we need to go through that process of doing it and not uh, try to run away from it or avoid those growing pains. Mm-hmm. It's through that growth when that pain, that pain eventually is going to turn into joy. Amen. Yeah, if you go through the process correctly, that pain eventually is going to turn into joy. If you think about the uh, the caterpillar that's fighting in the cocoon, you know, and all of that metamorphosis that's taking place in that little tight, closed-up cocoon, but eventually what happens is it becomes a, a beautiful butterfly. So whatever that pain is that it's going through when it's in there, you know, as a caterpillar, making going through the process of change, Eventually, it becomes that beautiful butterfly that we all can be trying to catch and can't catch and start flying and going to heights that never thought it could ever go. You know, we start, when we go through our growing process, we can experience some great things in life. You know, we can get past those teenage years and even those young adult years, we can get past our 30s, our 40s. You know, you're in your 40s, 40 now. And, when, you know, there's a process that's going to happen in that time, in that zone. And then you got the 50s, 50 zone and the 60 zone. If we stay focused, every time we go through a growth process, it's always a, a joy or a benefit on the out, on the other side of that growing process. And so... How can um, we're talking about young people and youth? How can how can parents? I know you mentioned that a parent bought the book. So how can parents mm-hmm. use the book to help their young children or teenagers who may be going through some of these challenges? What I I hope it is doing is just bridging that gap of you know communication and you know just you know the oh well what if this happens or you know what if that happens. Because I, I can only speak for myself as, as being a parent, and I was listening while you were talking about, you know, different stages, and right now I'm in that, you know, parenting, you know, 9 and 11, and just, you know, whew, Lord, I could hear my mom, and Lord, 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 I say, Lord, I know she's on earth, thank God, I know she'd be laughing, I'd be fussing at my sons, but just going through the process of parenting and just, if it's, you know, the communication, if it's just uh, sitting down. My son my son is not going to, just my oldest, is not just going to come and sit down. But if I will ask him questions, if I will engage, he will be more apt. But if something's going on, he's not gonna just going to come and say, Mama, something's going on. But if I can just kind of feel him out and, and talk to him or ask him a question or things like that. So that's what I want the book to do. I'm not, you know, saying it has all the answers, but I'm hoping it will bridge the gap, start the conversation, and go from there with the parents. And then also have the, the kids to see that there is nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. There is nothing. You know, my youngest is always saying, Mama, how you know what I'm going to do? How you know what I'm going to say? I tell them all the time. I tell them not. I've been nine. You've never been 40. Been there. <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun. That's how I know. There's nothing new. So just for them to see us, that we are their parents, and we are in a position of authority, but to let them know that there's nothing new, we've been there. 
And I know sometimes just as humans experience, unfortunately, has to be the best teacher. But just if they can understand that we are here and that we've been there and we are there to support them. A lot of times it might not be anything physical we can do, but it's emotionally our children know that we are there, we've been there, we're there to support them. We are here. You know, having children, oh, my goodness. If anybody that has a child and still doesn't believe in God, oh, my goodness, because that has totally transformed my relationship with God, because now I, you know, when I was, before I had kids, but now I understand my relationship with God so much better, because I love my kids unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Don't like what they always do. Right. But I love them unconditionally. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so so, since we're right there talking about emotions and talking about the older people right now, just for a minute, the adults, let's focus on, you know, since it is celebrate um, National Women's History Month and the special teaching for this particular show is a strong hearted woman, you know, managing your emotions. And there's a scripture in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, that says, guard your heart without diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. You know, and so when you talk about guarding your heart, how do I manage my emotions so that I can be a strong-hearted woman? And you mentioned it earlier about the inner man. There's a working that has to take place in your inner man as a woman. God has to strengthen your inner person. And, you know, and the first thing that happens with that, the scripture says guard your heart. But in order to guard your heart, because guard means to protect it, that means that you're standing watch uh, uh, of your heart, that you that you that you are keeping a lookout, or you're watching out to make sure that nothing gets in that's not supposed to get in, you know, or nothing is taken that's not supposed to be taken, right? And so you can't guard it correctly if you're not strong enough to be a guard. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, most definitely. You you most have to definitely. be strong. Yeah, you have to be strong because if you're not if you're not strong enough, you won't guard your heart correctly because you know why? You'll go back to that mirror and look at that mirror and say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worth I'm not worthy. Right. I know, you know, right. You go back to that place where you don't see your own value. And so because you don't see your own value, then now you won't stand guard at what God says is valuable. And so the inner man has to be strengthened. And a part of that strengthening process is you have to have an experience with God. As a woman, you have to get to know God. As you said, you know, through your through having children, you now have a, you know, better relationship with God. You have to have an experience with God if you're going to be a strong-hearted woman. If not, you're going to remain weak-willed. You're going to be made, remain an easy target or an easy mm-hmm. prey for people to get over on, for the enemy to attack mm-hmm. you, you know, yes. uh, the the Bible talks about the weak-willed woman and what happens. You know, uh, there's a guy that gets in and takes, you know, and causes her to commit uh, sin. You know, you have mm-hmm. to develop your inner man. She, that inner man has to become strong. And and, and that word strong means, um, you know, strength or power. You're going to need power and control. You have to have that to go, to manage your emotions. So that means that you can't allow someone else to come in and have power over you or control over you. And I'm talking in a negative way here. I'm talking of about course. where you have where you've lost a sense of your own identity. You don't know who you are, you don't know mm-hmm. your God's woman or God's child. You don't know how to be a good mother. You don't you know you you're 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 struggling with uh, I don't know who I am and you know I don't know my purpose and I mean you know just all the way down to just now you have people talking to you, taking over 
telling you who you are. And in most cases, when people are control freaks, that's what I call them. You know, yes. they're not speaking anything positive into her no, life. No, no, no. It's going to be for their benefit only. Right. It's for their benefit only. So when you right. don't have power and control over your emotions, then you make yourself open to having, well, let's say like this, you're unguarded. And when you're unguarded, somebody, when your valuables are unguarded, and that's the core of your heart, who are you, your personality, your emotions, your will, your feelings, when those things are unguarded, then somebody can come in and take them from you and do what they want with them. Somebody will come in and make you feel like you're nothing. You're not valuable. You're not worthy. They'll tell you how to think. They'll tell you how to talk. They'll tell you Mm -hmm. where to go. They'll tell you Mm -hmm. when to sit down, when to get up, when to go Go over here. They'll take full control of, of your emotions and full control of your mind. And at the end of the day, you'll be frustrated with your life. Because you yes. will know yes. that somebody else has yes. control over you. Have you seen yes. that? Yes. Oh, yes, most definitely. And, you know, it doesn't always, you know, have to be, you know, a significant other. I mean, right. it can be your kids. You right. have some people that, you know, some people I say, their kids just run them. It can, right. be, it can be a parent. It can be, you know, a friend. But, yeah, just standing strong in who you are. And like you, like you were just saying before, for for a lot of people, for me, it, it is a process, or it was a process, and really knowing, you know, who we are. And one thing I have, I have learned that, you know, I don't have to tell everybody everything, but one thing is I have to be real to Kenyan. Right. I, I just have to be. I I I I have to be. Now I don't have to tell everybody. No, but there's there when situations, I just step back and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna deal with me first. And I'm going to be real with me. And then when I know how I feel about a situation, then mm-hmm. I'm going to find out the best way to handle it. But a lot of times, because women, we are emotional beings. There's no way around that. We are. Right. Some more than others, but we are. But just not being managed by those, you know, emotions. And that's, that's right. And that's a tough thing because really because, you know, we 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 are the birthers. That, that's what we do. We nurture. That, right. That's just who we are. You know, that's what we want to do. But we have to nurture ourselves first because if we aren't whole, just like I said, you can't be anything to anybody, not perfect, but just whole. Right. That just comes into knowing who you are, but we can't even get to And I know we have a lot of motivational speakers and a lot of people with the self-help and all that's great. But right. Just my belief is <laughs> you got to know whose you are. That's primary. And primary. And that and knowing whose you are and knowing who he is, that's to me the beginning and from there, you can go, but if you're trying to do the horses for the wagon, it's just not. It, you can't be any help to anybody. That's Absolutely. why you know they always use the, the saying on the airplane when the oxygen oxygen mask falls, they say take Put yours on first. Because if you pass out, you can't help the next man. So, and I'm and I say don't. I'm not saying being selfish. I'm just right. saying to the point where you make sure that you are where you can go give. And when I say give, I'm just talking about my mean, but give of yourself as a parent, a spouse, you know, entrepreneur, whatever that is. You know, and I just think women, because we are such nurturers, we want that back, but it's got to start within ourselves. It, it just has to. You know, and I know we have, you know, I know males have issues, but I know women, We, you know, we have the issues if it's not the father, you know, molestation. I mean, there's just so many so wild many. things that sometimes by the time we get there, you know, it's, and when I say get there, I'm talking about 18 or 25. Right. There's just right. so much junk to work yeah. through. It's so much to work through. And, you know, and you it's said something so 
Yeah, you said something key is you got to know who you are. You know, you have to know who you are. And the Bible says, let a man examine himself. Mm-hmm. You know, so if mm-hmm. you're going to get your heart right, if you're going to learn to manage your emotions, then you have to take an honest examination of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and you have to be honest with yourself and you have to say, what does my heart look like? Because that's mm-hmm. where your emotions are stored, you know. What does my heart look like? Honesty is not denial, and honesty is not self-righteousness. Honesty is truth about what is. So if you're hurting as a woman, when you say, if I go back and I look and take an examination of my heart right now, I'm hurting. You have to be honest and say, I'm hurting. You know, I got, like you said, maybe I was molested. Maybe I got taken advantage of. Maybe Joe ran off with all my money. Whatever it is that caused that pain, if that's where you are, you have to say, I'm hurting. If you are angry about something and it's been there for a minute, I'm angry. I'm bitter. Honesty, the um, <laughs> the Bible says, you know, when you know the truth, the or the knowledge of the truth will set you free. You can't be in denial and be honest with yourself. You're only no. fooling yourself. You're, and self denial is the worst kind because you're the only person oh, talking to you. You know, that's you it. the, the only it. voice you're listening to is yourself, is your own. So that's the worst kind of denial. It's self denial. You know, so it's like take an honest look at where you are. You know, and then say, okay, in order for me to manage my emotions now. I have to get to a place where I'm exercising my heart muscle. And I'm talking, you know, uh, figuratively now. You know, in the natural, though, when the, when you go to the cardiologist or when you go to a doctor and they say, hey, you want to add some years to your life, you got to keep your heart muscle strong. So then they tell you what to do, right? Go walk in so many, you know, walk X number of time, um, times a week, maybe 40 minutes a day, or do X number of miles, or do some cardio um, exercise, get your uh, heart rate up and get the blood flowing and whatever else you got to do. Well, in the spirit realm, to manage your emotions, you have to start exercising your heart muscle. Okay, because mm-hmm. now with that damaged heart, right, you can't do anything with that. You know, Nothing. So now we got to go in and do some spiritually some heart surgery and get all that stuff that's been mm-hmm. weighing your heart down and, you know, trying to attach itself to your heart so it's not beating mm-hmm. right, you're not flowing in the in the love of God, you know, you hate everybody, you know, you can't stand anybody but yourself, you know, and all that. We got to get all that out. And so now you got to have that cleansing process that goes, that detoxification where you get that junk out, as you said, so much junk. And then you have to begin to exercise your heart muscle. You have to say, what mm-hmm. is it that I have to do, you know, to actually get there? The first thing as can y'all say this, you need a relationship with God. That's the very first thing. And we're going to keep saying that throughout the show. Your inner man has to be strengthened because as long as it's weak, your emotions will run mm-hmm. amok. You will fly off the handle. You will get, become psychotic. You will either go or you will be the opposite. You'll go into a severely depressed state. Nobody can mm-hmm. talk to you. You're always sad. You're sitting in the corner. You don't ever want to do anything, uh, crying all the time, and people can't figure out what's going on with you. Or you go through the opposite extreme and you become manic almost, always throwing a fit, always throwing tantrums, cutting up, Mm -hmm. you know, in public, in private, just got to have your way. And you think you're in control when you're really hurting. And so you just acting crazy because you want to, you want (laughs) to, in self-denial, you're trying to convince yourself that you're in control and you're refusing, refusing to acknowledge that you need help to get your heart muscle right, to control Mm -hmm. your emotions. And so now when people see you, what, they judge you because you're not, they really don't see what the creation God has uh, done. They see uh, what you have tainted 
you know, so that you're, they judge you by that tantrum that you throw and say, wow, she is, see, she is a little psychotic. Or they'll say, she's thrown off. <laughs> yes, don't, she, don't, oh, I love that. I heard that in so long. Yeah, you know, don't don't yeah. say too much to her because if you, she going to get yeah, mad and she's going to go off. Yeah, she's going to go mm-hmm. off. Man, don't watch what you say, you know, or they'll say, oh, okay, you know, here comes so-and-so. She's so negative. You know, everything is negative mm-hmm. out of her mouth, and people don't like being around mm-hmm. you because now they say you're, they're judging your personality to be like that that um, broken heart or that wounded heart that's reflected. That the Bible says a man thinker than his heart. So is he? So if you're wounded, mm-hmm. if your inner man is weak, if you're hurting, it's going to show up in your life, and it's going to show up in your personality. Yes. And people are going to judge you by that and think that that's who the real you is, and that's not the case. Unless you allow yourself to say that way, then it will become you. So you have to uh, uh, build your heart muscle. And one of the first things you have to do is get the relationship with God. And second, as you said, you got You have to get to know yourself, who God has created you to be. Who does God say you are, right? And the way to do it, God tells you who you are, you have to believe it. God said it. That settles it, period, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And That's so right. When, when that happens... Then it goes back to God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. There's yeah. Of yeah. your value. God has already right. told you that you're valued. Mm-hmm. You're the apple of his eye. He knows everything mm-hmm. about you, even down to the numbers of hairs on your head. Yeah. So there yeah. never Amen. should be a struggle with your value. But just in case there is, if you're struggling with your self esteem, you can always bounce back. You can always come back to the place that God says. Uh, where God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Regardless of what you've been through, it could have been molestation, it could have been physical abuse, it could have been sexual abuse, it could have just been mental uh, tormenting where somebody was always messing with your mind, playing games with you, or it could have been just a lack of uh, self-esteem or acceptance, self-acceptance. You know, because you never sat down to think about, I have some gifts, some abilities. I have some things, like you said earlier, Kenya, Kenya some unique uh, characteristics about all these people on the earth, and I'm still me. And there's no one yeah. else like me. Might be similar, yeah. but you're not me. Right. So there's right. still some unique things to mm-hmm. my um, identification. And so I want to encourage you when you to the to control your emotions is to build your self-esteem. And I'm going to share with you um, uh, the word esteem comes from a Latin word, which means to estimate, right? And so how do you estimate yourself? What value do you equate with yourself? You know, like when you when somebody comes out to do work in your home, uh, for example, Kenya, you want them to come and say, you're going to redo your kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you get some pe- a, a contractor to come out of whoever the guys, whatever they're called, and they come out. They're going to take a look at it, and then they're going to give you an estimation right. of what it's going to cost them to come in and do the work that you want done. They're going to put a value to what mm-hmm. is the, what to the work that you want done. Here's the value of what you know for me to do it for you. This is the value of my work. Here's what it's going to cost you for me to come in here and do redo your countertop. Well, it's the same thing to estimate. You got to look at yourself and ask God to you know. What's my value? And you got to place a godly value on your life, on yourself. Your self-esteem has to have some value to it. Because if you think you're nothing, if you think you're not worthy of love, if you think you're not worthy of the cheerleader squad, if 
you think that you're not worthy to be an author or, you know, that means that there's no value to your abilities, to your gifts, to your to just who you are as a woman. So until yeah. you place some value on yourself as a woman, you're never going to see mm-hmm. yourself amounting to anything, and you're never going to manage your emotions. Amen. Because you're saying my emotions are not worth anything. That's right. And just like you were saying before, and that's how other people, whoever those other people come in, and then they dictate and they control because you don't feel like you have any value. You don't have anything to offer. So you just settle for whatever, take whatever, be happy with whatever. That's right. That's right. And so, no doubt. No doubt. Right. And you want to, as a woman, you want to imagine, uh, to manage your emotions because in your emotions come your temperament, which is your your uh, your makeup, your spirit. That's that's mm-hmm. the one I want to focus on. It's your spirit in that temper in in your emotions is your spirit. So if your if you if your if your emotions if you kill your emotions or if they are uh, torn down or if they're just unmanaged, then your spirit is unmanaged. That's why your inner man has to be built up. Because in your spirit, the Bible says, they that worship me must worship me in mm-hmm. spirit and in truth. And in truth. Amen. In spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. So if you, you we gotta realize we gotta remember that we we are spiritual beings on this mm-hmm. earth. And so my spirit has to be right in order for me to function correctly in the earth. I'm I'm in it but I'm not of it. So I still right. have to function correctly in the earth, and I do that by the power of God on the inside of me. You know, and so we, you know, as women, we, you know, we 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 want to find value to our lives. We want to have a purpose. We want to have meaning in our lives. Meaning, even if we're just, even if a woman is just a stay-at-home mom, she still wants to have meaning. She wants to be able to identify uh, with some meaning. To even yes. be a stay-at-home mom, you know, she says, "Wow, I get a chance to raise my children and take them off to school, pick them up, mm-hmm. take their lunch." Right. You know, all of that stay-at-home mom stuff. Even that, when a woman is in that position, she still is looking for meaning to her life. Whether she's an entrepreneur, whether she's a professional career woman, she's still looking for meaning. You could be a woman that's in college, uh, pursuing a degree. You're still looking for meaning, and that's so right. you're not going to be able to find that meaning until you put some value to who you are. You know, I'm not just in college just going through the motions. I am in college because God has gifted me to be able to comprehend this information, and then one day I'm actually going to use it on a job or launch a business. So in your temperament is your spirit, and then also in your in your emotions is your disposition. What's your state of mind regarding something, regarding your life? You know, you have, you've heard, I'm sure, Kenya, people say, yeah, she got a bad disposition. Yeah. You know? You, that means you got a bad state of mind about about something, <laughs> you know. So when your self esteem is low, that means that your disposition about your own life is not good. That's right. That's right. And your you can't help but looking at everything else negatively. Also, if you can't look at yourself positively, then your whole outlook on everything else will be negative. And that's what we spe- you'll spew out into other people, just like you were saying that people will say, "Oh, you don't want to go over there." Absolutely that's good coming out of that mouth over there. You don't even that's want to. Good. Nothing good is coming out over there. Absolutely. Whenever you, especially as a woman, because we talk a lot. Well, everybody talks. Oh, yes, this but is we true. talk a this lot. True. And so sometimes what happens is even when you least expect it, that negativity shows up. You could be at a round table in a in a restaurant with friends, and if somebody says something that triggers a bad memory, before you know mm-hmm. it, out of your mouth comes the wrong thing. Oh, I know about that. 
Let me tell you, I done been through that. You don't want, we don't, you know, when you're hurting, you can't watch what you say because you have no control over right. your emotions. Emotions. And so Amen. you, when in the wrong place, at the wrong time, you say the wrong thing. <laughs> say the wrong thing. <laughs> Everybody having a good time in the restaurant and okay. you done had a flashback. And Ooh. before you know it, something that don't nobody even know it what just, you're talking about. It comes about. over you. It just comes, comes over, over you. <laughs> yeah, you it comes try to over you. It's the truth. You get, you just, it absolutely is the truth. And we have to learn how to do that. And and if you're listening and you find yourself in that place sometimes, you need a really good friend, you know, a good mm-hmm. female friend that when you feel like venting, that she'll oh. come have coffee with you and will not be offended, won't be bothered. Right. I'm not talking about swearing and cussing and all that. I'm talking about just no, venting. No, no, But you need just somebody venting. who would allow you to vent and understand where you're coming from, that this is a part of your growing pains. It's a part yes. of your healing yes. processes. And as a friend, I commit to um, actually being that uh, person that you can call. And if, I, if I'm not busy, or we'll schedule a time where I can come over to your home or we'll meet or something, and I'm going to let you vent. And I already understand because if I'm if I can make that kind of commitment to you, I already know a little something about your life. And so I'm and it gonna stays do, there. And it stays right there. You don't have to worry about right it going there. any further. Absolutely. And it stays and right there. And never to be spoken again unless you want it spoken again. That's right. You know? That's and right. Not to bring it back up. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And and the flip those side are of jewels. that. I call them those, jewels, not friends. Yeah. Those are jewels. Cause they, those whoo, are jewels. That's valuable right there, huh? That's those are jewels. Right you there. have those. Yeah. That's, and, but in that in that type of relationship, friendship, you have to understand that it also is a mutual exchange. If I'm yes. gonna let you vent, then at the, when you finish venting, then you have to uh, open yourself up to me coming in and actually coming behind that and saying what I need to say. Because That's right. I don't want you to just vent and then your emotions are still not con- managed or they're still not controllable. You can't control them. I don't want you to just have a venting party. I want you to vent, and then I want to be able to speak something into your life that's going to help you manage what you just had to vent. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And so Amen. Um, also uh, in your emotions, your personality is tied up in your emotions. That's your behavior or uh, your traits, your ca- your qualities, uh, your uh, the qualities of your life or the characteristics, your character. And so whenever your emotions are unmanaged, what happens is your behavior becomes unmanaged. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you might go into a temper tantrum or you might um, uh, just say anything at any, again, at any given moment. Or guess what? When your emotions are unmanaged, then what happens is you start doing weird things, you know, uh, not just going off in a tangent. You actually start doing some really bizarre kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, people start seeing you, you know, maybe walking in the mall and you might have on uh, like five different dresses at one time or, you know, you just start looking strange and, you know, it becomes evident that there's a struggle in your mind yeah. and in your emotions yeah. okay. because you start yeah. doing bizarre yeah. kind of things, mm-hmm. you know, you wear your your hair uh, becomes bizarre looking matted or you know mangled mm-hmm. and uh your makeup may be may be a little bizarre like if you wear eyeshadow it may you may put the eyeshadow over uh have you ever seen somebody with the eyeshadow over the eyebrows or too far out yes, yes. lipstick mm-hmm. is is has gone beyond the the uh the parameters of the um of the lips and you know it's like what's going on 
you know, right. and the, the colors, bottom line, you know, the coordination yeah. of the different clothes, all kinds right. of things. Yeah. Right. It's all kind yeah. of ways that it shows up mm-hmm. that there's some unmanaged emotions that are in you. Something's out of control in your life. And so uh, that's it. And so guard your heart. To guard your heart, you got to strengthen your inner man to get, and then you have to to um, develop a stronger heart muscle. And that means, you know, if you're in the past, for example, you're angry about something, you, whether you tell anybody about it or not. But out of out of that anger, you're always snapping at people, or you're sarcastic. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. Well, to exercise your heart muscle to manage your emotions, you have to start being practice being nice. Mm-hmm. You have to make a resolve yes. within yourself right. that you want to change, right? And so you do have the power uh, of choice. So you can freely choose whether or not you want to change, whether or not you want to manage your emotions. There's some people who are so bitter and so angry about what happened to them that they're not even, mm-hmm. you know, she's not even right. choosing right now that she wants to change. For some reason, she's the enemy really has right. convinced her that it's okay to be that way. And so, and again, mm-hmm. like I said, she thinks she's in control. And so she's decided she's going to make everybody else hurt because so many people hurt right. her. Right. Right. And not realizing exactly. how it is uh reflective of it's becoming now that you're not a, a nice person. So the talk is she's a, she's mean or she's bitter. And, oh, watch out for her. You know, or she'll stab you in the back or that's a loose cannon, mm. all sorts mm-hmm. of things. But if you want to manage your emotions, you first have to, when you get to this place right here of exercising your muscle, remember you have the freedom to choose, you know. And in order to do mm. that, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so, so is he. he. And that's synonymous with mind. Whatever whatever you're thinking, so so that's the kind of a woman that you're going to be. So if you want to be healed and you want to be whole and you want to manage your emotions, mm-hmm. your thought life mm-hmm. has to change. Yeah. You've got to stop oh thinking God. about the negative. You've got to stop thinking about what happened to you. You have to stop thinking about all the hurt, the and, and not just the hurt, but the pain that comes with the hurt. Okay, mm-hmm. so Joe took your money, but or you, you got mad when Joe took your money, but the pain of being broke. Because Joe oh. took money. <laughs> it's what's bothering you. Yes. That's yes, what's really yes. bothering you. It yes. is the yes. it is the the sting of that it's, 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 of mm-hmm. what he did. That's constantly Especially you, know, you still gotta yeah, look at Joe sometimes. I know, I know. <laughs> you run up on Joe at the ball, huh? <laughs> yeah. If he's anywhere near you, oh my god. <sighs> that takes a lot of managing. That takes a yeah. lot of managing. I that tell takes you. a lot of managing because the minute you see Joe, you have a flashback. And Ooh, not only do you flashback. have a flashback, you really want to go say something to Joe. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, you want to go. You want to. You know. You see. You know. You walking through the mall and Joe is at the cookie counter, right? So you see him. You really want to go over there and say, Joe, where's my money? Yes, you know. Yes, I know you're not buying yes. cookies with my money. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> you. Ooh, I heard this definition a while ago about what true forgiveness is because if somebody does something, we just always think forgiveness is in our heart because you know the Bible does say mm-hmm. don't don't hold anything. Right. You know, but. I heard this definition that blew my mind, and I pray for me because I don't know if I'm there yet. But it says forgiveness is when you can act like whatever it was didn't even happen. I said, whoa, that's deep. That's now, deep. I can say I forgive you inside where I'm not harboring, I'm walking around. But if I see you next week, am I able to act like what you did didn't happen? Now, that's, you know, well, I'm like, wow. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a that really would be hard to do. I think that's really hard to do, and so maybe till you get to that place, you you might. Uh, there's another definition that I heard that says that forgiveness is 
when you release that person from being indebted to you. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. You know, like, I release you from owing me anything because of what you did to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is more, I, I think, well, the other one could be freedom, too, but that's definitely freedom. Because the reason why you haven't forgiven is because you think they owe you something. And they may do. Maybe they do. Maybe Joe, you know, not maybe. If Joe took your money, he owes it to you. But Joe not bringing the money back. I'm talking about He's not bringing it back. If when Joe, he took if, it, he knew he wasn't bringing it back. That's right. Now, maybe if he gets saved, you know, and God deals with his heart, then he might, you know. But in a, in a normal situation, most of the time, those people are not coming back. No. They're not coming back to say they're sorry. They're not coming back to give you anything. They're not coming back. And so. They're going on about their life. Joe is buying cookies. He's not even stutting about you. You heard me say stutting. Yeah. We all, man, Joe is buying his cookies, and we're not even on Joe's mind. Joe has moved on, and we have to, too. That's right. And so, you know, uh, so another definition is uh, of forgiveness is, is when you can release a person from being indebted. To, uh, indebted to you because of what they've done to you, you no, you no longer owe me anything because they'll never. Because guess what, they're never going to pay you what you say they owe you. Mm-mm. We say we just want an apology, but we want way more than that. We want more than that. Yeah, when you we been want hurt the principal badly, in the interest, we want the interest too. We want That's the interest. Right. Absolutely. We say we just want the principal, but we want the interest too. We, we want do. the interest too. And so you're talking about controlling your emotions. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. I don't care if it was uh, somebody in your family. You have to forgive that uh, that girlfriend that you had that maybe backstabbed you, you know, mm-hmm. maybe told one of your secrets, you know, broke oh, confidence, you know, my took goodness. your idea, you know, um, all kinds of stuff. You know, you got to yeah. forgive. You really do have to forgive. And really do. Do. Let me tell you something. In situations like that, um, when you say, okay, you no longer owe me, you're no longer indebted to me, it goes back to what value do you place on your life. Okay, let's mm-hmm. say you took my idea. Well, okay, I'm I'm mad at first, angry, really mad, angry. You know, I'm going through the problem, <laughs> like, mad. And I, you know, because by this time, several people, I done told the story to several people, and I done had some people put their two cents in. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. yeah they could then put it. No, I'm really mad now because some of those two cents are stuff I never thought about. So now you don't just, right. oh, I never thought about that. You know, so I'm really angry now. But if you go back to your value, if you go back to your uniqueness, go back to your abilities, your gifts, your strengths, and all of those things, you can say, you may have stolen my idea, but you couldn't take my mind with you. That's right. So you have That's the idea, right. but you don't have the the you don't have the knowledge behind the idea. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna pull it off That's like right. I like I'm gonna pull it off, you know. Or That's maybe right. you stabbed me in my back, and you maybe you told one of my secrets. Okay, you may have um, told a confidence, and I'm angry about that. But I'm not gonna let you control my life with that. It's unfortunate that you told that confidence, but I'm but you but you're not in control of my life. So, I mean, it's so many different ways that we can that we can actually re-empower ourselves when we go, as women, when we go through some bad situations with other women, with other men, you know, co-workers, family members, yes, yes, you know, yes. you have to get to that place where you are 
exercising your heart muscle. And when you do that, it's not so much for the other person as it is for you. You know, you. Uh, you can you. we can we can super spiritualize this thing all we want to walk around and say, you know, I'm praying for you. I bless God bless you. You know, uh, God say pray for your enemies and all that's true. But the bottom line is, you can do all of that and still be emotionally unmanaged. Amen. You, you can do Amen. all of that. You can pray for your enemies. You can speak, uh, speak blessings over them. You can focus so much on the enemy that you neglect yourself. Amen. And when you neglect yourself, you don't build yourself up. Your inner man isn't strengthened. Eventually, when it goes full circle, even in all that spiritual stuff you're doing, when it goes full circle, it's going to still come back around to a hurt, wounded woman. And you still so going to find yourself deal with angry. Ourselves. Right. You still we, have to deal 24 with hours a day. There's nobody else we got to deal with but ourselves. But ourselves. And you have to be happy and be at peace. You know, I, I, I've been saying for like the last four or five years, I just I just thank God that it took me what well, I perceive to be a long time, 35 years, to get to a place of peace. And I'm not saying I don't have issues. I'm not saying I don't have situations. I'm not saying I don't have bad dates, but I have learned how to deal with it and Peace is one thing that I have, and, I, I mean, I, I have to fight for it sometimes. I don't fight for it on a daily basis anymore, and I thank God for that because back in the beginning it was a daily struggle because anything would get me off course. You know, I, it was really fragile, but now just having that, that inner peace and, and that steadfastness. And if you can ever get to that point, I, years ago I read um, Battlefield of the Mind, mm-hmm. and I remember this one thing Joyce Meyer said. I think she was saying, I don't know how she phrased it, but she was just basically, let's just say a, a free mind, she said, Difficult, yes. Impossible, no. And I just always remember thinking back there, there'll just be no way because because I'm a thinker. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, if I had a problem with you, I have problems every day. I mean, I would wear myself out from morning till night trying to figure it out and then just allowing that enemy, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to do that? And I would be about to drive myself crazy. But just over the years, just stabilizing my heart and my mind and to, to for me to be in control and not to let that other side, you know, being controlled and just having a, 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 a place of peace, just having that place of peace and steadfastness, you know, through through everything, through through everything, and just coming back to that place of this is where I am, it's going to be okay. You know, a lot of times we can take a lot of stress off of ourselves because I know me, I just want to, even I would tell you, even if I don't agree, could I just at least understand? You know, something we don't have to know everything, we don't have to understand everything. Sometimes we just got to let it go, deal with what we have, and just keep things moving. And sometimes we go looking for things that it's not even for us. Just, just, just keep your place of peace. Don't go looking for nothing. Your own life has enough. That's just right. Stay in our place. You know what God brings to us. What God will lead us into where we need to be, who we need to be friends with, who, who whatever it is. Right. Just stay in our place. Stay on our path, and stay in our place of peace. And I tell anybody my peace, you can take it all. I lost everything in Katrina, but I didn't lose no people, thank God, some people did, and I and I didn't lose my mind. And if I can have that, I had enough to start all over again. And Jesus was still on the throne and that was enough. Amen. And, you know, there's if I got go that it'll take me it'll, I'll just say if I could if I got that at the end of the day, the Lord wake me up tomorrow, we're gonna start all over again. 
That's right. It's you know, there's a there's a, a a scripture that says, and we're talking about, you know, managing your emotions and how your thought life has to be right in order to do that. But there's a passage of scripture, two passages of scripture, one in the Old Testament in First Corinthians, First Chronicles, uh, chapter twenty eight, verse nine, that says to serve God with a perfect heart and a willing mind. In another translation, says worship God with your mind, and that means you have to, you know, it's a, your thinking has to be an act of worship. Unto God, you have to have a willing mind to worship God, you know, to, or, or you have to use your mind to worship God. And then in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse seventeen, it says, "Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." There so what that liberty. means is that there's a generosity of grace, where mm-hmm. you are no longer subject to the bondage of unmanaged emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you get your mind right. Right mm-hmm. then, when you when and and stay in the in the presence of God, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So it's hard to make, you know, godly choices without God. So you can't say <laughs> that you're going to manage your life and you and you don't have the Spirit of God to empower you to do that. And so, and mm-hmm. then it's hard to have liberty if your mind is not free. You can't Ooh. say I'm forgiven and then your mind in the middle of the night is still thinking about what somebody did to you. We speak it with our voices because we want people to think we're so spiritual. Mm. Oh, we got it all together. You know, oh, I've forgiven him. I, you know, I forgave her. You know, I don't, you know, I don't care about that anymore. Yes, you do. If that yes, pain was, if that pain or whatever they did, the pain was bad enough, you do care about it because it is, it is, it has, it's bothering you. You know, and we're in denial when we say that when people say certain things to us or when they do certain things that it doesn't hurt us. You know, that when we were growing up, there was a, this old saying, you know, sticks and stones may uh, break my bones, but words never will. Now, words might not break your bones, but it will break your heart. It will break your spirit. You know, somebody could say something to you and just paralyze you for like 30 seconds. You know, some people can say some harsh things, you know, yeah. and and if they constantly, and if they get any idea that they can control you with it or intimidate you, they will always say harsh things to you, always say negative stuff. And sometimes as Christians, we kind of back down and people say anything to us and we never address it, you know, and then we go home and we're wounded by those words. There's power of life and death in the tongue. And so somebody can say something to you to wound your emotions, you know, and if you let it fester long enough, your emotions will become unmanaged because at some point, you're going to break out in anger, and the wrong person is going to have yes. to take the. Yeah, it's going to have to take what the other person. You know what you did not say to. You know that anger is going to be displaced. You're going to say something to the wrong person in the wrong way, who have no idea that somebody's hurt you, but it has festered so long that all of a sudden it starts balling over, and now you you know you're like this pot, and now you're about to explode. That you know it's it's hot. You know it's warm on the inside. You mad. You burning up mad, and next thing you know. The wrong person now is have to take uh, the butt of your anger because you're not managing your emotions. And that comes sometimes because people say things and do things and we don't address it at the time. There are some That's situations right. that That's you're right. not going to be able to address. But some of those things we can address. You know, like we if somebody can. says something negative to you, like maybe talk about your weight or what you look like and whatever, and sometimes we, just, and sometimes we are shocked by what people say. You've got to pull yourself together. And you, in a in a ladylike manner, you have to be able to as four uh, as Proverbs four twenty three says, guard your heart without diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. The issues of life come from your heart, from your emotions. And so, if you don't guard it, what happens is all of those things that are done to you get in and pollute the issue. 
The issue should be well. It should, the issues of your life should not be all of the pain that other people have brought. The Bible says that in your belly should flow rivers of living water. Spring, that's, that's supposed right. to be what's coming out of you, not all that other stuff. But when you, you don't guard change? your heart, then the rivers of living waters get polluted by the things and the pain that people are doing to you. The harsh words that they're speaking, the games that they're playing with your mind, you know, the relationship games, the um the uh the uh the control and uh the mistreatment then the waters the the rivers that are of living waters that should be flowing from you out of your belly it's now become polluted waters and so now you're trying to figure out what what's wrong with me what's going on what was going on is you didn't guard your heart that's you know right. we have the that's you right. are the gatekeepers of your heart you got to say wait a minute i got you can't cross these boundaries right here. You can't speak to me like that. Now the words have already come out, but you got to find a way to resist the devil so he can flee. So All he right? can so, flee. Absolutely. So he can flee. Amen. I know so, from my my background. Oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your background. Go ahead. Finish. I was going to say from from my background and with my childhood because I suffered and internalized so much pain. What I did as I got older was I just told myself, "Well, I'm not going to let anyone hurt me," and so. I wanted to present myself as in I wasn't getting hurt, but I was. And one of the most freeing things I do now, now not everything because, mm-hmm. you know, we are women and we do have to manage our emotions. But if somebody, I would, tell, I would say, no, well, that hurt my feelings. And for me, that was the most freeing thing because I would never say that. I'd be like, oh, well, that doesn't hurt me. I'm okay. But I've learned to say, no, let's just deal with it. I'm not going to be dealing with it for the next 50 years. But, no, mm-hmm. that was something that, okay, that, what you did, what you said, how you handled that, that hurt my feelings for me. That was like, wow. That was a lot for me to say because I wanted to pretend, oh, well, yeah. that doesn't hurt. I'm okay. Right. I can handle that because I figure I've been through much worse. But we just can't take all that stuff. It's got to be a filter. You know, we got to filter that junk out. We, we got to get gotta, it And out. I love what you say, you know, because we do love, I love the Lord. I'm not embarrassed to say I will say it high and loud. But I know at the end of the day, that there are some things that I have to deal with, and not everybody, that's why I call them Jews, because you might not be able to be real with everybody, but mm-hmm. there hopefully are one or two people. But just because we love the Lord doesn't mean that we don't have issues, we don't have anger, right. we don't have things that we need to deal with. So let's just deal with them. And God is not there all the time to take stuff away. Sometimes he is there to help us deal with things, and there are just some things that we need to deal with. And that's let's right. deal with them. In let's a deal with way, in a Christian way, but let's deal with it, not sweep it under the rug. Let's not act like it doesn't exist. Let's not act like it doesn't hurt. Let's not act like we're not angry. You know, my my boss, we had a situation a couple of weeks at work, and uh, he, you know, he sent an email and he was like, "Who?" I said, "But no, you 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 expressed yourself and you did not go all, you know, but you mm-hmm. expressed your displeasure and you should be able to do that because the Bible says, "Be angry but sin not." So you right. just let them know that. That wasn't appropriate, but you didn't go off. And that's a, and when you're saying managing the emotions, I am, okay, well, this situation, you did hurt me. I am angry, but I'm, we're not going to go off. Or we're going to deal with it. And that's got to come through communication, being able to be transparent, and then being honest. And let's deal with it, and then it can be done. But we can't let it go, and it hasn't been done because it's really not going. Absolutely. And, it and like you said, it just keeps going, keeps going. And then if you're just talking about something with a spouse, you know, it could be it's that well, your significant other could be that day where it's the smallest thing, but it's not about that smallest thing. It's about all these other things that we've been piling up and we haven't dealt with it. That's right. So Absolutely. And so again, Proverbs four twenty three, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of its springs 
the issues of life out of its springs, out of its leaps, out of its launches. The issues of life and those issues are matters. Out of it springs matters that come up. Questions come up. Your concerns come out of those issues. Problems mm-hmm. come out. You know, um, it all stems from the, what's going on in your heart. And what goes on in your heart is that out of it springs the issues of life. And life is your existence. Out of it comes your existence. I know you're an angry woman because I'm looking at your life. I'm listening to I'm hearing you talk. You're always mad about something. And so I know that there are some issues that's launching that anger out of you. And so your life becomes angry. You're living an angry life now. I know you're unhappy when uh, that you're a happy woman because when I see you smiling, you're always pleasant. So I know that whatever issues are going on in your heart, they're strong enough to produce or launch happiness to come forth in, in your existence. And so we have to guard your heart because I'm telling you, the way that we see you as women living your life tells us what's going on on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in a corner somewhere, all curled up in a sad position, I know that you have some issues going on in your life that is launching sadness to come forth in your existence. And it's so powerful that it has you now in a place where you can't, where you can barely do anything. You just stay on the mm-hmm. sofa. You cry all the time. You won't mm-hmm. go anywhere. You know, we can't get you to, we can't get you to smile. We can't get you to do anything. I know if, if you're a woman that's fighting all the time, I know that there are some issues on the inside of you that's launching fighting, a spirit of fighting all the time. I know when it shows up in your existence what's going on on the inside of you. You know, you don't have to say a word. I can just watch your existence and know what's going on. I know if you are guarding your heart or I know if the gate is unlocked and anything can get in, you know. And so, and, and, and usually in most of those cases, the women that are like that, they want to be like that or it's not all cases. Some, some of them want to be like that. And some people do want healing. But then the ones that want to stay like that, then they want God to bless them with his best. No. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen like that. God is not going to allow the his best to come into your life for you to mess it up. That's right. That's for you right. to mistreat it, for you to take advantage of it. No, that's not going to happen. It's unfair for you to want to be loved and you are unlovable. Mm-hmm. That doesn't right. happen that's like right. that. You know, and sometimes we see some situations like that where, you know, it's like, what happened right here? You know, but if we dig deep enough, we'll find out there's issues on both sides. You just got one person Mm -hmm. so blatant with their issues, you know. So as as women, we have to learn uh, to manage our existence and guard our heart because our very existence of life will identify the kind of issues that we have going on inside of us. And you said it earlier that you got to keep your mind on God. And there's a scripture that said, if you keep your mind on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. And that word perfect, perfect means perfect. mature. Love it. That's right. Love it, it means a mature peace. And so if you're in a state of mature peace, you should not be psychotic. You should not be flying off the handle. Not that you don't get angry, but you don't go excessively beyond anger. You know, when you start throwing pots and pans across the room, that's beyond anger. That's psychotic. You know, when you get to the point where that anger makes you have murder on the mind, you know, whether you do it or not. But if the enemy can just mm. get you to think about killing somebody that you're yes. mad at, yes. that's yes. murder on yes. the mind, then that is, that's a sin to even think that thought. So it's like you can be angry, but you have to learn how to control that. 
You mm-hmm. have to really learn how to control that. And it may mean, God, I need to go into a room in my secret closet. Because if I stay out yes. here, I'm going to do something I shouldn't be doing. Ooh. So I need to go oh, into my awesome. secret closet, get on my face before you, and ask you to help me control this my emotions so that this situation won't get out of hand, so that my life will be free, that I will have liberty, freedom in, in the spirit of God, and I'm not getting mm-hmm. locked up somewhere. Okay. That's right. Right. You know, you want to be able to love, if you're a parent, of, uh, uh, you want to be able to love your children freely. You know, you don't want to see yourself doing to your children what somebody did to you because you were mad that nobody didn't help you when you were a kid, when it That's was happening right. to you. That's right. You know, you don't want to mistreat a good friend that God sends into your life because mm-hmm. the previous friend backstabbed you. So you're going to mistreat That's her. Right. And not develop a good friendship with her because you're still mad about Mary backstabbing you, telling your confidence, broke the, uh, uh, broke loyalty with you. You're still mad about that. So the next person that comes into your life, now they got to work twice as hard to be friends with you. Mm. <laughs> because you haven't managed that emotion. You haven't learned how to let go and move on. How to get healed first. God don't send me any friends until I'm healed because right now I'm mad. That's so right. don't send me any <laughs> friends until I get healed. Because when they show up, I want to be able to have a mutually good relationship with my friends. You know, uh, you know, for single women, maybe you had a bad relationship. God don't send anybody else in my life right now. Nobody, nobody, nobody until you get healed. Because you can mess up a godly thing because you're unmanaged. Your emotions That's are right. unmanaged. You can mess up a godly thing. Because, you know, if you read the book of Ruth, Boaz was not the next kinsman redeemer. It was somebody else before him. And when he went to him and said, hey, do you want to take Ruth? Do you want to marry her? He said, no, I don't want to mess up what I got going on right here. And missed a blessing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it could be the same thing as women. We can miss blessings because we don't, want to, we don't want to let stuff go, don't want to grow up, don't want to get our emotions healed and controlled. And so we miss out on some godly blessings because we're still holding on. We have grudges. We're bitter sometimes. We can be angry. We got to let that stuff mm-hmm. go. If you want to live let a fulfilled life, if you want God to bless you, if you want your life to have purpose, if you want everybody to be excited just to hear you, the mention of your name, you have to mm-hmm. learn to manage your emotions as a woman. You got to become strong-hearted. You got to exercise your muscle, your heart muscle, and figuratively speaking, you got to learn to love people. You got to learn to uh, confront issues that need to be confronted at that time. And you got to learn how to actually, I mean, to forgive and honestly forgive and let go. You may never forget it, but don't hold, don't in your mind keep that person indebted to you because they're never going to pay that debt off. Never. 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 I don't care who it is, mama, daddy, brother, sister. They're never going to pay that emotional debt off. You can't even put a price on that. So they'll no, never, and if, and if they try to start paying you back, you're going to start feeling all good and get caught up. And they're going to be paying you back forever, and you're going to take advantage of somebody. So <laughs> don't, let them, don't even let them try. Now, an apology is good. Now, if they owe you something and they're coming back to give it to you, but don't take it beyond that. You know, if they owe That's you right. some money and they bring it to you, praise God. Thank them for being um, uh, uh, uh Diligent in bringing it back or repaying you, accept their apology if they apologize. But other than that, let it go. You're gonna really have to let it go. And you guys say, God, I may I may never remember it, but I need to manage my emotions towards it. And a part of that means that even when I talk about it, people should not hear anger 
in my voice when I talk about it. Might hear a little disappointment, but they should not hear bitterness. They should not hear anger. They should not hear uh, uh, retaliation. They should not hear vengeance. They should just hear a testimony, and that's it. Okay, and so that's that's our teaching on tonight. We're gonna get get back to uh, Kenyon and and let her say some closing remarks. She got some couple of good things coming up. Um, gonna talk a little bit more uh, before we go uh, um, about um, how you can get connected with her. How can the listening audience get connected with you? My website is www.doingitpublishing.com. You can reach me by. I have two email addresses, one for the book, Kendra's Diaries at gmail.com, and then one for my publishing company at doingitpublishing at gmail.com. You can get the book on my website. You can get it at Amazon online. You can get it at Barnes & Nobles. Um, through doing the book, um, I went through the, the grassroots, and I'm not going to say that I didn't have any help because I did have a mentor. I do have a mentor, but a lot of the work I did on my own. And from that, you know, I always got questions going, well, how did you do that? How did you do this? And so I just did my own publishing company just to have a, a venue to do my own book. But then it, the idea came to me that there were a lot of people where I was three, four years ago that want to write a book but have no idea of what to do. So I am. Uh, that's where doing the publishing came from. And we do actually the publishing from beginning to end, or we also do consulting because a lot of the process is not just getting the physical book, but it's a lot of intangibles when you're doing and how you're doing. So we do that. And then also last year, God just put it on my heart that for me, just because of my background, my everybody has their own soft spot. My soft spot is just youth disadvantaged economically. That That's just because... I know there were Christmases and birthdays that, you know, I wanted such and such, and just my parents weren't just able to afford it. So that's just my soft spot um, just for the youth uh, at a financial disadvantage. And last year I just felt led that doing a publishing created a community outreach program. It's called Open Hands, Open Hearts. And last year for Thanksgiving and for Christmas I partnered with a battered woman's and women and children shelter here, and we gave food and gave gifts. And now I'm, I think I want to do something for military families, for military mm-hmm. kids where, you know, you hear about the, the husbands and the wives and or wives who are going out for six and seven, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they're going back out six or seven times, you know, to Iraq or Afghanistan and just want to do something. Um, so I'm just putting it out there even to the listening artists. If you all know any organizations or you know anything with military families, we help all organizations. That's just why I feel like I'm being led right now. Please email me. You know, we're looking to partner to do some things. Um, we have Memorial Day coming up. We're Fourth of July. So really want to get out there, you know, and make a difference because whatever you have is not always, of course, it's not always for you. And you always want to, you know, we're blessed to be a blessing. So those are my three things. I'm working on the sequel to Growing Pains, number two. So, And then I have, you know, a daytime job. So I'm really busy, but, you know, it's fulfilling. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really fulfilling. Some days I just say, oh, my goodness, I need about 29 hours in a day. But, you know, like yeah. I say, you just lie down, you get up the next day, and you keep it moving. You keep it moving. What, um, give it to me slow. Uh, the email address again, I'm going to type it in the chat room. Okay. Either one, Kendra's, that's without apostrophe, diaries at gmail.com or 
doing it, D-O-I-N, it, publishing at gmail.com, either one. Okay. And then my but, website is www.doingitpublishing.com. Okay, spell it. Is it doing it like D-O-I-N-G-I-T? No, D-O-I-N, just with mm-hmm. doing. Doing it. Okay. Yes, publishing. All right, dot com? Yes. Okay, wait a minute. All right. Okay, and the email at doing it publishing, one more time. At Gmail. It's okay. doing it publishing, same way, and then at gmail.com. Okay, oh, good thing I did that. I had that wrong in the chat room. But okay. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> okay, so those thanks for those that's in the chat room. So what we're going to do before we close, if you're on um, the phone lines and you have a comment or a question, on your keypad, on your telephone keypad, just press the number one, dialing pad, press the number one, and I'll bring you on with your comment or your question. Or if you um, are in the chat room and you have a comment or question, just type it in. And um, I'll read the question or comment, and then we'll give you a response back um, to your uh, comment or question. And um, and while you think about that and get that going, um, uh, what nugget would you give to an uh, aspiring um, author who's trying to get started with writing their first book? I would give two main ones. There are a lot, but my two main ones, and this is just, I will say, faux pas that I made. So those are the two that you picked because these were my two. You might, you know, another mm-hmm. person might obviously have more. The first thing was when I started writing the book, I didn't pay enough attention to the state of the book, be it, you know, grammatical errors, um, skipping words. And I just always felt, well, my editor will deal with that. But even I had two editors. I mean, the editing process, I mean, I struggle with patience. Just it's been a fruit that I've had to really develop over the years. Sometimes it feels like the fruit gets cut down and i got to start all over again. But doing this book really put my fruit of patience, you know, to the test. And just what made it worse was because I didn't take enough care in the beginning on how I brought the manuscript to my editor. You know, I was just like, well, the editor, the editor, the editor, and not taking enough care on the beginning on what mm-hmm. I was doing. So I would say <laughs> my first recommendation would be when you're doing the manuscript, as much as you can. You know, everybody, some people are better, you know, in English than others, but the best way you can give the manuscript because the editor is the only human, and especially if you're not dealing with a publishing house, you know, where that's what they just do and they have all these sophisticated things. And the more you have to edit, it just takes time and re-edit, and it's just more money. So the first thing is just have your manuscript in the best shape. And the second and most important thing is I love to write. I love to talk, as you can hear. But what I didn't really think of enough while writing the book was the market. Because even though we, I love to write, I would assume somebody who writes a book wants people to buy it. And I always say, even the best book is, cannot be a bestseller unless people sell it. So while you are writing, think of who's my market for this book. How am I going to reach my market? Am I giving my market, you know, what they're going to what they're going to want or what they need, depending on. Um, so I would say editing and definitely marketing, 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 marketing. How we're going to do it, you know, social media is everything. And just as a a, a point B, it goes to 
the Internet, I mean, we can sit for days and, you know, there's information, of course, on everything. Try out, but in the end, do what's right for you, you know. If it's Facebook, if it's Twitter, if it's blogging, yours might be, you know, to hand out flyers. Listen to what other people say. Even listen to what I'm saying. Take it in, filter it, but in the end, always go with what you feel in your inner man is what you need to do for you. Because what works for me might not work for you. Okay. So that that would be what I would tell somebody. Okay. Okay, so we have um someone who wants has a comment that's on the phone line. I'm gonna call out your last four digits and I'm gonna bring you on and say, Hey, uh good evening, you're on the air. So the last four digits are twenty six seventy seven. Hello, Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, I would like to ask a question. Sure. Are you when you yeah. were talking about um things that hurt you in your past and stuff like that, and people you said they have flashbacks and they start acting kind of crazy or upset about it. Mm-hmm. What do you do when those flashbacks enter your dreams and you can't go back to sleep and you've been losing sleep for years about this and afraid to go to sleep? Okay, um, I'll answer then I'll let uh, Kenyon come okay. on. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, what you need to do is. Uh, you really, when you have those dreams and you are awakened from those dreams, you really need to go into prayer. And you need to ask God to give you a spirit of peace and then ask God to uh, maybe show you why those dreams keep reoccurring in your life. Because it may be something that you need to deal with or something you need to let go. I'm sure you know, maybe you know what what it is, but if it's tormenting you at night, that means that you need the spirit of God and the power of God to step in to free you from that Mm -hmm. torment. Mm-hmm. And so when you awaken instead of, I don't know if you're in fear, but you have to remember that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. And so immediately when you wake up, immediately go into prayer and ask God to remove that dream from your mind mm-hmm. so that you won't have that dream and it will not torment your life. And I heard you say something about years. Like you've been going through, maybe have you been going through this for years? Yes, I was seven when it happened and it's been wow. tormenting. Since then, and I never told my mother. Okay. okay. Uh, do you think that you? What type of response do you think your mom would give you if you t- if you told her? I have no idea. I'm afraid, and I almost mm-hmm. feel like it's like I almost feel like it's too late to even tell it. Okay. How old are you now? I'm 18. You're 18. Okay. And so you think? Why do you think it's too late to tell her? Because it's been years, and I mean, mm-hmm. and that person been put in the ground, so it's like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you think that if, do you think that if you told your mom that you would find uh, some relief from letting it out, maybe that torment is coming because it's still there inside mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. and hasn't been released from your spirit. Maybe I'm not really sure. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Well, prayerfully, that may be something that you want to consider is that even though it's been years and um, you'd have to take a look and say, what's best for me? Is it, is We know it's not best to keep having dreams and to keep being tormented by it, right? Right? right. So now, we, now that you have to stop and say, what's best for me? Is it, even though it's been years, is it is it the is it good for me to re- tell this to my mom, especially if you trust your mom, and you know and you have a good relationship with your mom? Because maybe the telling of that re- can release it 
from your spirit, and your mom will embrace you and console you and say, I wish you would have told me then. But even though you didn't, she can still shower you with the love that you need right now to replace the tormenting dreams. Have you thought of that? No, I never thought of it like that. I never really looked at it like that. I've just been angry and upset and yeah. afraid. Mm-hmm. Right. And just the mere fact that you would ask the question says that you're looking for a release. You're looking for a way for this to be released from you. And so I want to encourage you to um, to uh, go into prayer. Are you saved? Yes, I I got Saved, like for real. Um, when I was fourteen. Okay, okay, that's saved then. All right, I understand what yes, you're saying. Amen. though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, and we can. Some of us can. A lot of us can say that, but um, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. So I want. So you know what I'm talking about when I say pray and seek God, right? Yes. Okay. And so in your prayer, you want to pray and ask God, number one, to help you to release it. Even though it, whatever it is happened to you, you you need to release it because as long as it's lingering around your life, mm-hmm. it impacts your life and it affects your life. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yes. Okay. So you want God to take it from you. The, uh, you may not lose the memory, but the impact or the attachment of that thing on your life has to go. So you want God to re- to take that from you and you want him to replace it. With his peace, with healing, with joy, and with clarity of thought. You with me? Yes. Right? Because it's probably been tormenting, tormenting you in your mind, right? Yes. Probably been having some negative thoughts. You want God to bring you clarity of thought. Free my mind because, God, you didn't create me to have these my mind to be plagued with or uh, bombarded with the thoughts of what happened to me. It shouldn't have happened. But I know you don't want me to live this way, especially now that you tell me that that person is in the ground, right? They're dead, right? Yes. So that person's dead, and unfortunately it happened. But right now you're plagued by it, and before you know it, if if you go too many more years, you're going to feel like you're dead. Follow me? Yes. Okay. And so then you want God to show you if it's something that you should release to your mother. If not your mother, it needs to be released somewhere, whether you go to a professional counselor or uh, if there may be a um, somebody who specializes at, like in a youth group or something, you know, someone who knows how to help you in that area. So if you don't want to tell your mom, then you need to find somebody, a professional or somebody in a youth group or something uh, who can really, really help you, who knows what, knows a little bit about what you've been through, and know how to walk you through your journey of healing. You have to take that journey. It might be a little painful at first, but you, especially when you like talk about having to rehash it and tell that story, you know, tell it. it. might be a little painful, but if you can make it through that, you can see it as growing pains. Not that God wanted that to happen to you, but your respond to it today. How do I respond to it today will determine how you go forward in your life, and you're 18, so you don't want to be 25 still having nightmares. Amen. Amen. Right? Right. Right. So what God, give me the right response, the ability to respond to what's going on in my life as a result of what happened at 7. And so that means that right now, because you asked that question, 
your emotions are strong enough to seek help. Am I right? Yes. Absolutely. Because if you were not strong enough, you would have never never asked the question on this radio show live. So emotionally, you might not be as whole and as strong as you would like to be, but you're strong enough to ask for help. And that's a great start. That's an excellent place to start is to know that you need it and then ask the question, what do you do about this? You're not, you know, these dreams I'm having. And so, and then when you go through that, that, um, ask God to take you through that healing journey while you're on that journey is not all about just letting go of those bad memories. It's about replacing it with good thoughts, healthy self-esteem, realizing that you are more than what happened to you. God, I am, you didn't create me to, for anything like whatever happened to you happened. You created me for great works. And even though that happened to me and it took me off track for a second, you can put me back on the right path. So once I drop off that baggage in my prayer life and on my healing journey, now I pick up the suitcases that have my destiny in it, my purpose in it, my joy, my peace, my restoration. You follow me? I get all that back when I release the luggage I'm not supposed to have. Now you can pick up the baggage with everything. You can pick up those suitcases with it. I'm just figuratively speaking. You can pick up those suitcases that got all of the garments that you should place on yourself now. Garments of praise, garments of joy, peace, you know, garments of of destiny, purpose. You follow me? That's something great for your life. And you got to accomplish that, but you can't get there carrying a load of something that was never purposed to be dropped off on you. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just scared. I know, scared. Mm-hmm. So what you what are you scared of? I'm afraid that if I like start if I start talking about it with somebody. I may get overly emotional and do something mm-hmm. crazy or because it's been bottled up and I, mm-hmm. I'm just, if I just start like literally saying the words of it, mm-hmm. just, I'm afraid I'm just going to blow, like. Right, right, absolutely. Because it's your name, like. baby? What's your name? Okay. Go ahead. What's your name? First name? Christina. Christina? Okay. It's Christina. Yes. Christina, what, and I'm just going to tell you what I have, I have learned on my experiences Two two things. Um, a lot of times, and Minister London uh, talked about this or uh, mentioned that, that a lot of times that when we just deal with the situation and just putting things in the atmosphere, it loses its power and it loses its grip just by even confessing. And if it's not with your mom, or if it's or it should be a, a professional counselor or somebody in the capacity, maybe a youth pastor, but. I'm telling you, you're going to feel so, I know you probably can't see it right now, but you will feel if nothing else happens with the situation but you get it off your chest, you're going to feel so much lighter just to be able to confront it and to confess it. And just by putting it in the atmosphere, it loses a lot of its power. And when you say you're afraid, and I like we were saying, it's okay to say you're afraid. But you still have to do what you have to do while being afraid. And fear is such a, a powerful and it's such a, a divisive thing that the enemy uses. And I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard the acronym, that it's false evidence of being real. Because most of the time in our fear, our fear is just on what might happen. And a lot of times 
what we think is going to happen doesn't even happen, but that keeps us so tightly wound and not being able to move forward on what, what might happen. And I would just say to you, and I'll tell you when you were talking, my son has bad dreams. I had bad dreams growing up, and it wasn't over something that happened, but I always had the same dream that the enemy would sit on me and I wouldn't be able to speak. And I spent a lot of hours looking at the ceiling and only growing up and, and learning about the word. Do you read your Bible? I, I, if you just find a scripture, whom the sun set free is free indeed. God has not given me a spirit of fear. And sometimes, sometimes even not so much now because well, we were talking about that inner, but sometimes I would have to have the word and I would have to literally, people could think I would have to speak it out. I would have to speak that thing. And sometimes we have to speak to that adversity and to the enemy. So I would say find a scripture. And, and if, it went, if it happens again, you know, put that scripture in your heart, in your mind. Say the scripture out loud. Plead the blood of Jesus. Because when God died on the cross, he, he, took, he took it out. His name is above every name. And sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes I still just say Jesus. Because if I could just say Jesus, that's enough right there. So while you can't see, you just say Jesus. And that Jesus just put his blood over you to give you a spirit of peace, a spirit of sleep. And you just ask him to protect you, to protect your mind, that you would have peaceful sleep. My son started with nightmares, and I just prayed for him. I said, "No, you're not going. We're not. We're not bringing that into this generation." I tell him, I said, "When you can't sleep, you just lay there, and if you just say Jesus, he's nine years old." But that is one thing. But the main thing I think is dealing with fear, because one thing I've learned about the enemy. If fear, if you deal with it in one area, he'll try to crop it up in another area. So I think the most important thing is for you to add 18, and if you can do it at 18, that would be wonderful, to learn how to deal with fear and just overcome it because God bless you. This will be over, but if we don't deal with that root of how do you deal with fear, then all the enemy will try to do is bring another another avenue to try to keep you bound in a spirit of fear because he don't really care what it is. Fear flying, fear water, he doesn't care. He just wants us to be bound. But you know what? God has already set us free, and he knows it. The question is if he can try to keep us where we forget that Jesus already took care of it on a cross. So we don't even have to live in that fear. And I'm just going to, I wrote down your name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you, mm-hmm. um, and, I'm, I, and I am. And I just want you to take what I've said and then minister London and just let the Holy Spirit, you know, just continue. And I'm just, I'm glad you called in because even doing this is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That's freeing in a way. And I just think as you continue to take those steps, you know, and please contact me or minister London because I can't wait to hear your testimony. Absolutely. 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 And I will tell you, you know, just, to be able to say, you know, that I'm afraid that if I talk about it, I may do something that you like go off or do something. That is some level of uh, um, emotional control right there because you could have just let yourself go and talked about it and Amen. just took it out on somebody, especially while that person mm-hmm. being dead. It really could be frustrating because they, they you, you can't make them say they're sorry now, you know. So I want to encourage you to, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you if you're unsure right now about talking to mom, then find that professional person or somebody in the church or maybe your pastor can recommend somewhere that you can go or there's probably some toll-free hotline numbers in your city and state that you can call and you can speak with a counselor by phone if you're not ready to go in to a a one-on-one session just yet. There's going to be some uh phone numbers uh probably in your local phone book that you can find 
mm-hmm. there are hotline numbers uh for whatever that issue is that you don't ha- you know you don't have to stay here but whatever that issue is there's right. some there's a national or a local hotline number that you can call and they'll probably have some free uh counseling services available to you and that's a good place to get started mm-hmm. you know because if you're going to vent you need to be venting with a professional because they can control the atmosphere and they can control what happens and they can tell you why you feel the way you do and why you feel like lashing out. And then you don't have to put yourself in a place where you're taking it out on somebody who doesn't even know what happened to you in the past. You follow me? Yes. Yes. And so that's a good place um, um, to be. And so have we helped you this evening? Yeah, I have. Can I have your uh, email again, please, if you don't? Yeah. You let me know. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, mine is this is Minister London. Mine is Ginger, G I N G E R. At. Let me know when you're ready. Okay. GingerLondon.com. G I N G E R L O N D O N dot com. Okay. Okay, and Miss Keon. Kendra's K-E-N-D-R-A-S. You got that? You said K-E-N-D-R-A. Start over four. Okay. K-E-N-D-R-A-S as in Sam. D as in dog. I-A. R I E S at Gmail dot com. Okay. And I just wanna just commend you just for calling in. And there's nothing I mean, it's great to be able to say I was saying earlier, for me it was just freeing to say, you know, you hurt my feelings. It's good just to be able to step out and say, you know, I have a problem, I have a situation, I'm hurting. So I just commend you for calling in. And I know as we take one step, God takes two more. Absolutely. So be looking out for him. Amen. Amen. So I want you to don't hang up. I'm going to take another call. Stay on the line. And before we go off the air tonight, we're going to go ahead and pray for you tonight, okay? Amen. Amen. Okay, so don't hang up. So I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay. All right, hold on. All right, I'm going to go to 7324. Uh, we have about 11 minutes left, so we're going to take just a few minutes, take your comment or question, and then we're going to close out in prayer for those that are in the chat room and for the young lady. Hello? Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, this is your friend Anwar off of, on Facebook. Hey, how are you? I'm doing blessed. Wonderful. Um, I just wanted to say, because mm-hmm. I know you guys are um, getting ready to close up, I just wanted to say I was blessed, and Min, um, Minister Smith, I was blessed by her as well, so I don't want her to feel like that she's not reaching a lot of the mails because I got on Facebook and I sent it to a lot of my hundreds of my friends Wonderful. to just log on. So I just want to say that she's Bless a lot of, a lot of um, men, so don't never feel like you're not reaching mails because you are. A lot of people was messaging Thank me and, and basically letting me know that you was uh, ministering to their spirit. And I want to say is that, like, um, you can talk to your son because me and my mother have always been best friends ever since, like, middle school and she always allowed me to baby to come to her and speak about whatever. And so just let you know that you can reach males. And I want to say Thank that you so I enjoyed Thank I enjoyed you, no, you have when no you, idea. <laughs> and I want to let you know that also we talked about the temple, your spiritual being and disposition. Mm-hmm. I mean dispensation. 
and also forgiveness. And a lot of those things that we talked about tonight was encouraging. So just let you know that I wish you well on your book and also the people that you will reach, even the military families. And just keep going with your dreams and your vision. I just want to let you know that you guys have been a blessing tonight. Wow. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much. We really, Thank really you. appreciate I'll be smiling that. for the rest of the night. <laughs> Thank you. I got to the mail. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Ms. Ms. London, you. I Thank also you. want yes. to add as well, like in the beginning of the call, my mother, she was down, and I anointed her with awe, and I prayed with her. But wow. also when you prayed in the beginning, I set the phone by her, and okay. she couldn't get up. It was almost like she was going into a coma because she deals with, like, She's a diabetic, and she mm-hmm. deals with, like, insulin and different things like that. And so I set the phone by her, mm-hmm. and next thing I know, she was getting up, going in the kitchen, fixing food. Wow, praise God. So I just want to say is that whatever, wow. whatever you prayed in the beginning, it, we just touched and agreed. And okay. basically this is a lady that could not get up, and I just want to give wow, that testimony and say God. that thank praise God for God. your prayers. And praise God. Just keep praying for her. Amen, amen. Yeah. What's her, what's her wow, first name? We call uh, Mar- we'll pray. Hmm? Uh, Marguerite. Marguerite, okay. Marguerite. Yeah, when we close out, we'll make sure. We'll and what's her. your name, sir? I'm sorry. Oh, Sims, Anwar Sims. Anwar Sims, thank you. Brother Sims. You're welcome. Wow, okay. God bless okay. you. Amen. Hold on a second. Amen. I want to thank everybody um, that's on the call tonight. And we still have time for like one or two more comments, and then we're going to close out in prayer. Um, we have some people um uh, that are in uh, the chat room that are listening. Thank you so much for your comments. You know, we have I one comment from uh, Maxine that says, I enjoyed the show. Um, it's the first time I've listened, and I'm inspired by the way you communicate. Thank you. The subject topic was uh, spot on for me. Very encouraging. I will listen again. Thank you, Maxine. I really, really mm-hmm. appreciate that. And I want to say, you know, um, uh, she asked a question uh, in it, uh, and I hope, and this probably can help everybody. You know, a lot of times we've been talking about managing our emotions and you know dealing with our own anger. But you know, how do you deal uh, when with other people's anger? You know, sometimes we get a little tired of that. Remember, I told you people start seeing you based on your personality. You know, and so it can become overwhelming, especially mm-hmm. if it's family members, if it's close mm-hmm. friends, people you've known a long time. You know, you can get real caught up. You know, and so mm-hmm. one of the ways that you can build your inner man. It is you have to saturate your life with prayer. You have to saturate your life with prayer. You got to plead the blood of Jesus over your life, and that's a spiritual thing. You got to got to do that. You got to do it every day, especially if you know you're dealing with that. You have to do it every day. You got to stand on the word. You got to make positive confessions or faith. What I call faith mm-hmm. confessions according to the word. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know you got to make confessions that. Um, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, mm-hmm. including other people's anger. You gotta speak the word over your life, and then you gotta pray for a spiritual boldness that when mm-hmm. when when um that is happening, that God will give you either the words or the way to shut it down. Yeah. Amen. The words you know, or the way. When, I love when, that. That's right. When when the Pharisees approach Jesus, with trying mm-hmm. to you know trying to uh. Uh, catch him off guard and put him on the spot and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. If you read the scriptures carefully, he said one or two things to them and shut them completely down. Shut them down. You know, one time he called them you you uh, brood of vipers. You know, and just mm-hmm. shut everything down. And then one That's time it. they said they asked him a question. He turned around and re- asked them another profound question. 
in return and shut them down. So you got to ask God to give you the way to do it, you know, something to say or either something to do. But whatever it is, it's going to be for your benefit, not necessarily theirs, because it's your spirit that's being bothered by what they're doing. And you're the one that got to go home and lay your head down at night with what, you know, with the aftermath or the effect, the 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 the, uh, the backlash of stuff that they were saying and doing. And so, but one of the most powerful ways to build uh, your inner man is to actually um, is to cover your life in prayer. Cover your life in prayer, and like I said, that's the spiritual step. And then in the natural. Um, uh, sense of the thing is you're gonna have to start speaking some things. You could just have to, mm-hmm. you you know sometimes we gotta mm-hmm. actually take a, get get our control back. You know mm-hmm. get the control back of my atmosphere. Wait a minute now if you in my house or if you in my space this belongs to me. When you're talking mm-hmm. about my life, I'm owned by God, but He's entrusted to me, so I can't let you cross certain boundaries. You can't just come do anything here. You know you can't just mm-hmm. say anything to me. That you want to say. And you have to put your foot down. And the more you do that, then guess what happens? People start knowing, you know, it might take them a minute because they might challenge you. You know, but after a Mm -hmm. while, if you're serious, they start respecting you. And they make sure that they don't say certain things around you, that they don't do certain things. They might crack a joke about it. The bottom line is crack all the jokes you want. Don't do it. Period. Don't do it. And it takes may take a minute for that to happen, but, you know, i got some family members I have to do that with. No, no. You can't sit, you can't talk to me in any kind of way. You can't use kind of language with me. You know who I am. You know what I do. You're going to respect it. It took a couple of times saying that, but I get it now. I get the respect mm-hmm. now. And if they say something out of line, they usually apologize. You know, but when they're around me, they don't do it. Or they, they really minimize it, you know. And so... Um, I don't put myself in that position, and I don't allow them to to put me in that position. I don't mm-hmm. care how angry you are. I've already told you, if we're going to talk, or if you're going to be around me, here's what's going to have to happen. This is the kind of conversation or words that have to come out of your mouth, not these. So you have to set boundaries, and you have to stick with um, stick to the um, to the boundaries. So we're going to go ahead and uh, close out in prayer. And, again, I want to remind you um, – don't forget to go to um, Kenyon's uh, website, uh, doingitpublishing.com. Don't forget to go and buy, purchase the book, the first in the series, Growing Pains, Kendra's Diaries. I read Chapter 1. I'm telling you, I was I was just like, I, I got to get the book because all I got is Chapter 1. So, you know, so and I felt like a little girl. You know, I felt, I was like, went back to my teenage years. And so yeah. if you're looking for if you're older and you're looking for something refreshing to read and just enjoy and just to be supportive of another woman or a sister in Christ. You know, sometimes I've learned over the years, sometimes we just got to go out and do it, go out and buy it. You know, if I'm going to help you be successful, I may have to buy your product even if I don't need it. You know, if I say that I'm going to support you, if that's one of the ways that I can do right. it, I'll do it. You know, if you just want me to post it, tell other people about it, I'll do that too. But Sometimes we're in a place where we can actually be beneficial by actually just doing it. And so, you know, and if I and if I buy the book and I read it, then guess what? Not only did I help you that way, now I can actually verbally tell somebody what the book is about. You yes. know, and yes. explain Word it to about them. The and, right. Advertising. right. And so now you're excited because I'm telling you about the book. Now you're going, you're trying to find it, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to get excited so you can go try to find it. So <clears throat> we're going to close out in prayer. 
And again, I want to thank you so much um, uh, for uh, being on the show tonight, uh, Kenyon. I'm just so I'm so thank glad you. I met you. I thank really you. am. And we're you know I'm in Baton Rouge, so we're only 96 miles or 98 miles away from each other. But I'm so excited. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and so what I'm going to do right now, because our time is running out, so I'm going to bring the young lady back on because I'm just going to want you to be a part of the prayer. And uh, Brother Answar, if you're there, we're going to bring you on too. So you can still either bring your mom in or put the phone by her, but we're going to close out in prayer, okay? Amen. Amen. All right, let's go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on tonight. We love you, God. Your name, oh God. Father, you've heard everything that's gone on on this show on tonight, and we just honor you. Father, we lift up the young sister to you who's having the the tormenting nightmares, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that you would send ministering and protective angels to war in the heavenlies on her behalf, Lord God, that even when she's asleep, that they're fighting off the enemy's attack. I pray that you would give her uh, wisdom to know which direction to go in, whether it's to talk to a counselor, a youth minister, Father God, or even her mom. Give her a spirit of peace, Lord to know what to do in this situation. But we pray for freedom in the spirit, Lord God, that she can be free from these these uh, nightmares, Lord God, and be and have them replaced with dreams of destiny, purpose, vision, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus over her life. We lift up uh, Brother Antoine's mother, Lord God. We thank you for the, the miracle, Lord God. We pray, thank you for her healing, Father God, just in a matter of minutes, Lord God, from the first prayer. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for... Um, Kenyon's book. We know that it's going to be successful. It's going to grow forward. Father God, she's going to sell more copies than she ever expected. And anyone else that's on the line, Father, if they're doing business, if they're doing, if they're trying to get promoted on their jobs, if they're trying to launch something or just do what you've called them to do, I pray that you would order their steps. They're walking the steps that you've ordered them and that every good and gift, Father, will be released to them, Lord God, and that they shall accomplish everything that you set out for them to accomplish. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. And don't forget, um, everybody, that um, you can uh, come back to the page here on Blog Talk Radio Show, and uh, you can hear this uh, show again. You can actually download the replay for your iPod or however you download it. You know, you can, you'll also be able to find it on iTunes for free. It's free here as well. But, um and if you uh you can uh listen to it again, make comments at the bottom of of the page uh after you replay it. So uh we'll post we'll replay on Facebook for those who may have were doing something and just did not get a chance to listen to the live show. There's, you can always come back to the Blog Talk Radio Show page and listen to the replay or any of the replays. It'll be at the bottom of the page where it says on demand. And it should be in order. So whatever the, the most recent show was, it'll be at the top of the on-demand play. And um, and so, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I just appreciate you guys just for supporting me. I know most of you come off of Facebook, Mingle City, uh, Essence Community, uh, all some of the social sites that I'm on. And some of you may also be off of GingerLondonMinistry.com, the E-Club members. Thank you so much. I'm really blessed. We do have a show tomorrow morning with another author. Uh, Karen Daugherty out of uh, Baton Rouge, who wrote a book on Empowered uh, to Uproot the Seed of Child Abuse. And, wow, wow she's going to give her testimony. But tonight mm-hmm. we are celebrating Growing Pains uh, series, uh, Kendra's Diaries. Don't forget it. Please, please, please support her. And um, and we're going to have her on again to uh, as she goes forth. I just uh, And if you know somebody or if you yourself, 
you know, want an opportunity. You know, we always praying for God to open doors for us. So if you yourself want an opportunity to be um uh to come on the show to talk about what God is using you to do, even if you haven't finished yet, just to put the word out that you got something coming mm-hmm. up, then please give me a call or contact me through email so well, that we can connect. Were you gonna say something, brother? Okay. So um Thank you again, and we're going to close out um, tonight, and um, I'll see you tomorrow morning if you can make it. It's 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. God bless you.